Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host for today's broadcast, Dwayne Sheriff. Hey everyone, welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff, and I'll be sharing some things here in a moment in regards to our culture and God's will for your life. Really appreciate you tuning in and being a part of the Truth and Liberty family. We're growing, we're expanding, and we're excited about what God is doing and you being a part. Again, this is a live call-in show, an interactive show, and I want to encourage you to call in with questions or comments and be a part of the program. That's what makes this very special and this format very special. The number is 719-619-2341. That's the number to call in to be a part of the show, area code 719-619-2341. We also have a 24-hour prayer line that I know will be a blessing to you, and you can either call in during this time for prayer or you can call in 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I believe here at Andrew Walmack Ministries, we have one of the best prayer uh, ministries in the world, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating. These prayer partners have been trained to pray for you, to agree with you and your family. So let me give you that number real quick, the prayer line. It's 719, area code 719-635-1111. Again, we appreciate you calling in today. I always look forward to the calls and um, let me get into some announcements here real quick, and then I'll get into what God's put on my heart for you today right here at Truth and Liberty. We've got the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America event 2024 that's coming up in Dallas, Texas. The Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life American event 2024. And again, it's in Dallas, Texas. It's at the Trinity Dallas Church, 4050. Herschel Avenue, Dallas, Texas, 75219. That's the address where the event will be held. Our speakers will be Andrew Walmack and our very own Richard Harris right here from Truth and Liberty. For more information, you can go to SBA Pro-Life, one word, sbaprolife.org. Also, this will be a very special event uh, you can watch the event. We'll live stream the event at uh, right here at Truth and Liberty at 5.05. The broadcast will end at 5 o'clock Mountain Time, and then the live feed right out of Dallas will be right here on truthandliberty.net. Those of you that will be watching Truth and Liberty that day on uh, January the 15th, uh, you then can stay on Truth and Liberty and see this live. And brothers and sisters, it's important that we engage at some level in pro-life and the pro-life movement. Uh, it was reported in the Christian Post uh, recently again, and it's on our website as well, our resource and news and resource and events that 
the number one cause of death in the world in 2023 was abortion. Man, think about that, brothers and sisters. The number one cause, and it's been five years in a row, even though there's been all this legislation enacted to limit abortions and to, to restrict the shedding of innocent blood, it still was the number one cause of death in our world. Think about that again. Self-imposed, self-inflicted death, number one. So this event will be powerful. It'll be informational. It'll be inspirational. And I hope it'll be educational on life in the womb. So that's the Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life American event. Also, we have coming up Stan Foundation and the Called Church Service 2024. That's January the 27th. January the 27th, and that is with our beloved Bishop E.W. Jackson and Andrew Walmack will be speaking at that event. The location is 700 Conference Center Drive, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23320, United States. You can register, and they're encouraging you to register for this event at StandAmerica, StandAmerica.us, StandAmerica.us. And I know you'll be blessed with E.W. Jackson and always hearing uh, Andrew Walmack. Uh, they've got some tremendous things to say that I know are going to be a blessing to you. I want to encourage you in regards to our website, our Truth and Liberty website. We have many resources for um, information for you, uh, news that are conservative sources on the current events that are going on. And things are changing so fast in our world, brothers and sisters, you need somewhere to go in order to get some news, accurate news, so that you can make some quality decisions on where you're at on what's going on in our world and uh, be informed. What we see at large in our media today is not news. It is propaganda. It is a narrative, a liberal narrative of darkness and death. It's corruption. And it's so sad what's happened to this great country, but I believe that we're in the beginning stages of a great awakening and there's going to be reforms. And part of those reforms are going to be these different, these different mountains of cultural influence like the media. There is a alternative media, a, a new media that's emerging where you can get the truth where you can get information. And that's a part of the vision right here at Truth and Liberty is to get the truth to you. You, you. you cannot experience freedom and liberty if you don't know the truth. Jesus said that if you'll continue in his word, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Truth always at every level brings liberty and freedom. And all of this fraud and lies and corruption, it ensnares the entire the entire culture. And so thank you for being a part of Truth and, and Liberty. And again, visiting those resources. Also, we have all of our broadcasts are archived and you can go back and review those. And if there's something that really ministers to you and speaks to you, it'll be posted and you can share it with your friends and your family and uh, maybe perhaps even an enemy. <laughs> Do good to those that despitefully use you and speak all evil of manner against you falsely. You can share these broadcasts with anybody, and I believe they'll be a blessing to them. 
Well, I had an interesting day today, and I had prepared to share on humility and how God's humility is the highway of God's best for our life, and that promotion comes through humility and learning to humble yourself. Pride is actually the source of all of this corruption that we're experiencing in our culture. And so just in the process of seeking God, and, and I did a lot of television broadcasts today, I just felt again, I need to go back and try to, to share a little bit on these safeguards that God has given us against all the corruption and deception of our world, that God wants us to guard our hearts and be not deceived. And yet deception is, is rampant in the culture and in many of our churches. It's creeping in more and more and more. And God wants us to guard our hearts, guard our families, guard our churches. We are the watchmen on the wall. Did you know you're a watchman over your own heart? Only you can guard your heart. No one else can guard your heart, brothers and sisters. You and only you are the watchman of your heart. You determine what goes into your heart and what comes out of your heart that will all be accountable before God in the day of the Lord. And so you want to guard your heart. We have to guard our families and protect our families. We have to train our children and educate our children and train them in the way they should go, that it's our responsibility to be watchmen over our families. And we're all watchmen and to be watchmen over our churches. God wants to raise up healthy churches. God wants to raise up healthy believers in this hour. And so we need to be aware of the deception and how to guard against all the deception because the election is right around the corner. And man, crazy is about to start. It's always been a little crazy my entire adult life during the election cycle. But man, we've come to a point now where it is absolutely corrupt, a lot of fraud, and we need eyes to see. And we need to make quality decisions on how to stop the direction we're headed in the country. If you'll go to Truth and Liberty and our news sources, you'll find an article that we just broke $34 trillion in debt, in debt. How deceived can our leaders be or how many on purpose are trying to destroy our country? I don't know if you've ever thought about it. There's only two options. Either, either our politicians at large are deceived and, and they simply do not know the path of destruction. They're taking us down. You can't go into debt, $34 trillion. And there not be consequences. I'm not talking about God's wrath on us and our country. I'm talking about consequences. I'm talking about cause and effect. I'm talking about seed, time, and harvest. There's a harvest, and it's not a good harvest on poor stewardship. And we're, we're self-destructing. Uh, I just did the announcement on abortion, how it was the number one cause of death in the world five years running. Uh, we're on a path of self-destruction. That's what deception and sin does to the human condition. And so we need to be a part of the answer, a part of the solution. In Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, I love this. Paul says in verse 12 that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. This is why we don't see more pastors standing up. This is why we don't see more Christians being bold in their witness, being courageous 
in their faith and in the, the convictions of their heart is because of the opposition that comes in a culture of darkness. If you become a child of light, there's going to be opposition. If, if, if you are a, a, if you will, carrier of life, God's kind of life, eternal life, life in general, the culture of death will hate you. They will mock you, persecute you. Now, this confuses people because I'm not talking about persecution at its highest point of what we see in the Bible of God's people being persecuted, leading to execution. No, that's a path that, that Satan takes that takes time to get to execution. It starts with persecution. And we must stand up for the truth and the faith and God's moral absolutes and Judeo-Christian principles for our children and grandchildren and for our culture. Or again, we, we self-destruct. Sin is destructive. And so when you do that, though, it starts with persecution. And it can be even subtle or soft persecution of mockery, name-calling. I guarantee you, if you stand up for the truth on any, any level, in any kind of public forum, you will be persecuted. You'll be called names. Uh, you'll be accosted in, in a verbal manner. And if, if that goes unchecked, then it goes from persecution to prosecution. And that's what we're seeing in our culture today. We, we see, if you'll go to the news feed, you'll see an article where a lady was fined hundreds of thousands of dollars just for standing up for traditional marriage. Brothers and sisters, if we're going to be prosecuted for our faith in traditional marriage in, again, a Judeo-Christian principle, male and female, and the creation of marriage was a part of original creation. Think about that for a minute. Male and female was created before sin entered into the world, and that's God's plan for man is male and female. And marriage is an institution not, not created by man, therefore it cannot be, it cannot be um, um, restricted by man or defined by man. No, God created marriage, listen, in original creation before sin entered the world. Marriage was as much a part of God's original plan for man and creation, the, the natural order of things, as, as the cosmos was, as gravity is, as the law of aerodynamics, pure science uh, is a part of creation, and marriage is a part of God's divine order. When you break God's divine order of creation, you create chaos, disorder, and ultimately death and destruction, and that's what the devil's doing, and yet we're being persecuted. Godly people are being persecuted for standing up for original creation, for Judeo-Christian principles of which marriage and male and female are, are a couple of those. Then it evolves into prosecution. When a culture is deceived, when a culture is silent and the good people in a culture remain silent, then evil people get louder and louder and darkness gets greater and greater, harming both the saved and the lost. And, and prosecution is, is how the devil works. 
And it goes from persecution to prosecution and then ultimately execution. There are people, make no mistake about it, that would execute godly people in a heartbeat. There are people, Hamas, other other, uh, vehicles of of terrorism, uh, Hezbollah, Hamas, um, and things and groups of that nature that wouldn't think twice of killing a Jew, of executing a Jew. And they would be singing and dancing to Allah while they're doing it. There are evil people in our world, and don't think for one minute, if persecution is left unchecked, it won't evolve to prosecution, political prosecution. We see the prosecution of political opposition and opponents going on in our culture right now. People have no idea what the prosecution of Trump is all about. This is about the nature of, of, of socialism, of Marxism, and of, of communism. You can't go to full-blown communism and have a one-party a one rule without the prosecution of an opposing party. And part of America, and what makes us America, is our rep, rep, Republican representative uh, system of government, our Constitution and direct Declaration of Independence. These things are protections for our God-given rights and our checks on the government. And we have people in our government today and in our media that do not want any checks on a certain kind of government, an abusive government, a dictatorial government. And that's the path we're on because of deception. And we need a great awakening. We need reformation within our police departments. We need reformation within the FBI and the CIA uh, and the Justice Department. We need reformation in, in, again, our government system. We don't need to destroy it and tear it down, but we do need an awakening and a reforming of it, a turning back to Judeo-Christian principles of freedom, of freedom. Freedom and your freedom, brothers and sisters, is not a right that comes from government. Government does not grant us our freedoms. God grants us our freedoms, our God-given rights cannot be taken away by man, and yet we see them endeavoring to do it, and they will do it if we don't wake up, if we don't have a great awakening. And so the great awakening isn't just the, the awakening of the heart of the Christian or the heart of unbelievers. A awakening involves reformation of, of culture and society. We have to get off of this this path, this train that we're on, the track is out and we're gonna die if we do not repent, turn around. And voting is a part of that, being informed is a part of that. Knowing God's word and discernment of God's word is what heightens your discernment of other words in the culture. When you when you develop your discernment of God and of truth, then you recognize lies quicker and you are able to get wisdom from God on how to reverse all these lies and all this corruption. We've got to see our voting system uh, uh, reformed and back to simplicity in voting. You need to have an ID to vote. You need to be a citizen to vote. If, if, 
if we stay on this path, I guarantee you, there's going to be evil people that are deceived and deceivers that are going to get worse and worse, and they're going to move for, for illegal aliens, immigrants. I'm not talking about immigrants. I'm talking about illegal immigrants. I'm talking about felons that will be given the privilege to vote. And this is all heading toward a direction of no borders, of, of corrupting our political system, of a one world order, the great reset, where, where do, we want, do we want people in foreign countries voting? No, they're not legal citizens. And, and yet even something that simple, You'll be persecuted. You'll be called all kinds of names, all kinds of phobias, all kinds of false accusations, just because you want to make sure that citizens vote and that we vote once, <laughs> not multiple times, uh, and on and on I could go. The point I'm trying to make is we need awakened, and we need what I began to share in previous programs here on Truth and Liberty on these safeguards against deception. After Paul said this persecution is going to come to all of those who are living godly, he says, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. On the world side, things are not going to get any better. They're going to get darker. But God has called us to the light side, and we're supposed to get brighter and brighter. We're supposed to be courageous in the Lord. We're supposed to be faithful to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're supposed to love him unto death. In the book of Revelation, John talks about how we overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives unto death. That's commitment. We love not our lives unto death. I see people renouncing the faith just over being defriended on Facebook, much less loving your life unto death. We're supposed to be committed to Jesus and loyal to Jesus and honor him above all other authorities because he's the ultimate authority. So what are some safeguards against these deceivers, against these imposters? How are we supposed to overcome in a culture that God Almighty says is going to get worse and worse, and that there are deceivers that will be deceiving many. In 1 Timothy, Paul wrote that, that, that book to a young pastor, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, the Spirit expressly says that in the last times that some would depart from the faith. Think about that. They'll depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, and doctrines of devils. Man, our culture is saturated with deceiving spirits um, and doctrines of devils. Some of the things taught, doctrine simply means teachings. The church is to have sound doctrine, which means sound teachings of who God is, who we are in Christ, what Jesus has done for us, who Jesus is. That's called sound doctrine, sound teachings. Well, there are teachings that are demonic in our culture, and we have to protect our children from them, our grandchildren, our family, our friends, our businesses. It's a, it's a serious day to be loyal to Jesus and committed unto death. So what are those safeguards uh, that will protect us from all this deception and deceivers? Well, 
I've gone over a few of these. Let me quickly go over them, and then we're going to take a break and start taking your calls, hopefully. And um, the first time I shared on this, the number one safeguard is God's Word. You've got to be a student of God's Word in these last of the last days. Number two, God's voice in your life. Learning to discern the voice of God will protect you from the voice of the dragon. In Revelation 13, 11, John saw another beast come out of the earth and it had two horns and it was like a lamb, but it had the voice of the dragon. Satan is pulling the wool over too many Christians' eyes, revealing himself as some lamb and that he always comes as an angel of light, talking about love and justice and, and compassion and, and on and on I could go with how he manifests as a lamb, but it's the voice when you listen to him, it's the voice of the dragon. You need to discern God's voice so you'll recognize the voice of the dragon, the Antichrist in these last of the last days. And then the third thing was the, the fear of the Lord how that we need to develop the fear of the Lord in our hearts and lives, a reverence of God, a glorifying and magnifying of God is the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord will cause us in these last days to depart from evil instead of departing from the faith. Now, I don't want to see anybody depart from the faith. I want to see everybody depart from evil. Number four, was the simplicity of Jesus. We've got to get back to the gospel. We've got to get back to the pure gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the gospel of the kingdom of God that has to be preached in the world before the end will come, Jesus said. And so we have to preach the gospel. The gospel of what? The gospel of the kingdom. What is that? It's the lordship of Jesus. It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ has got to be preached. And we got to keep it simple God has made it simple. It's the world and the devil that makes all this stuff complex and claims there's all this nuance and, and we need to be open-minded. Uh, Jesus himself said the, the, the way to eternal life is straight. The gate is straight and the way is narrow. Broad is the way that leads to death and eternal destruction. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. God kept it simple. There's only one way to be saved, only one name under heaven whereby we must be saved, and that's the name of Jesus. We've got to get back to the simplicity of Jesus. And then the fifth thing that I think I ran out of time the last time I shared on this was just simple faith obedience to God. We have to learn to obey the Lord. If we're going to call him Lord, Lord, we need to do the things he tells us to do. We need to obey the Lord. In James chapter 1, verses 21 and 22, it talks about that we need to be a hearer or a doer of the word, not just a hearer deceiving ourselves. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Can I get a witness for living in an overflow of wickedness? If you just look around you at our colleges, our schools, again, our government, our media, our, our um, different uh, social uh, provisions that are made collectively for everyone, they're all corrupt. They're absolutely corrupt. It's like this overflow of wickedness. And then he talks about in James chapter 1 there, after he says, lay aside all the filthiness and the overflow of wickedness, 
he goes on to say we need to receive the meekness of God's word with meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save our souls. Notice it's God's word implanted that saves your soul. The written word is valuable to us, but we have to take it off of the pages of what we call the Bible and put it in our heart and implant it. Then he says we need to be a doer, not just a hearer of the word, deceiving ourselves. Many people are suffering from self-deception. They're simply not acting on the word of God. Well, I'll be back in 90 seconds, and then I want to talk about the sixth safeguard and take your calls. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we have big plans to make a big impact. If you want to be a part of turning our nation back to God, I want to invite you to become a supporter of Truth and Liberty. You can go on our website at truthandliberty.net to the donate page and make a gift there. And you can also sign up to be uh, make a recurring automatic gift of $5 or more per month, and then you'll become a Truth and Liberty member. And uh, our gifts to Truth and Liberty are not tax deductible, but I promise you, God sees your generosity. So go to Truth Liberty and become a member today. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're going to learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills and field study. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff, and I'm just sharing on some safeguards in our hearts, in our lives, some boundaries that God has given us that if we traffic within these boundaries, we will not be deceived in these last of the last days. No one will be able to cause us or our children and families to depart from the faith if we're established in the faith. Many people have faith, but they're not established in the faith. They're not rooted and grounded in Jesus and in a loyalty to him. And so one of the things I had on my heart that I had planned on sharing was just humility and, and how that we have to, to be a humble people and that humility is the pathway of God's grace in our heart that, that keeps us, that holds us, that keeps us intimate with Jesus and in the promises of God. And that's out of James chapter 4 and 1 Peter chapter 5, that it's those that humble themselves that God gives more grace to. And we need grace in these last of the last days. So humility is that pathway. Uh, Peter talked about that if we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, under God's authority, under God's mighty hand, then he exalts us in due time. God does not want us deceived. God wants us to be a voice of truth in our culture, a voice of hope to those that are being deceived. And so the sixth thing 
that I wanted to get into because humility and a, a character trait of humility is teachable. Submission is a character trait of humility. A humble person is submissive to God. A prideful person rejects God, uh, resists God. Uh, James said that we need to submit unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Unfortunately, many people submit unto the devil and resist God, and Satan claims their clock. And that is not what God has for you or his will for your life. So teachable, correctable, all these things are character traits of, of humility. <clears throat> uh, one of the questions that we've had come in is how do we show humility to abusive people, to abusive people. Now, that's a great question, and you do learn to remain humble even when people are abusive. There's a difference between submission, which is a sign of humility, and obedience. When there are abusive people in government, abusive people in our, our, our media, we don't need to submit to, to their deceptions or to their lies. We certainly do not need to disobey. Now, a submissive person, and the way we remain submissive to abusive authority is our attitude, is our attitude. Just like here at Truth and Liberty, we're not against the news. <laughs> we're not telling you to resist all news and cut the news off and don't listen to any news. No, we're making news available that is accurate, that is, if you will, from a conservative resource where there's not a narrative or an agenda. And so that's a way to be submissive is that we don't resist information. We need information. We just simply resist corrupt information, but we submit to true information and it affects our lives in a husband and wife relationship. Many times the wife is required or the husband, it can be a two-way street, is required to submit but not have to obey. A wife whose husband is abusive does not need to obey or agree with his abusive behavior, but she just seems simply has to still have an attitude of submission to authority, but she doesn't have to obey corrupt authority. I, I am submissive to government, very submissive to law enforcement, uh, to law and order, uh, but I do not have to obey a government that commands me to violate clear scripture or my conscience. I never obey government, abusive government, at the cost of disobedience to God. I have to obey God instead of man, and still, though, I remain submissive with an attitude about government. We have to have government. We just need reform in our government. So that, that was a good one. Here's a good question. Is Trump prideful or just realistic? <laughs> Is Donald Trump prideful or just realistic. You know, that's actually, I laughed, uh, but it's difficult to really read anybody from New York. <laughs> I know a lot of people from New York, and 
Trump was in the world for a long time and loved by the world. When he was one of, of them, he was loved. He was admired when he was one of them. There's a reason why he's hated. And I don't want to get into that. And I hope one of our Truth and Liberty either host or a guest comes in and tries to reveal why this man is so hated. But one of the things about that culture and what he grew up in, especially when he was in the world and they loved him, uh, was just pride. It, it's just they're very self-centered, very loud, uh, very arrogant, uh, boastful. All those are symptoms and signs of pride. And uh, Trump has a lot of that residue. While I believe he's come out of that world, he, he's, he's immature. And even as a, a believer that I believe he's made a commitment to Christ, uh, but man, he's immature and he's got the residue of all that. And he comes across very prideful. I struggle with a lot of it. But one of the things that we are confused over is he is very realistic. He just speaks the truth. He just doesn't always speak it in love. Uh, he's not developed. Uh, many of us in ministry have not spoken the truth in love. We're still dealing with that and developing that. And so there is a there is a side and a flesh to Trump, just like there's a side and a flesh to me and a side and a flesh to you that is a, a form of pride. But one of the reasons of many, the man is hated, is because he knows so much and he just tells the truth on a level, at a level that absolutely causes people to go into cardiac arrest uh, and he's also, and God told me he would be president in 2016. And uh, I shared this with my elders and all my friends and eventually went public with it, uh, but that God would use him to reveal corruption. And look at what's happened. You may hate Trump. And if you've listened to the national media, they have a spirit of hate on them uh, because everything he stands for, they are against. Uh, so, there's a lot of hate there. But man, has God used him to reveal corruption in Washington, D.C.? Absolutely. Is God using him right now to reveal corruption in our judicial system? Don't you sit there and think for one minute, oh, yeah, get Trump, get Trump. January 6th, all of that is fraud. All of that is fraudulent. And, and, and persecution and now prosecution that one day, if we ever become full-blown communist. Again, it will lead to execution. We'll be put in the gulags. Uh, we'll be canceled more than on just Twitter or X. Uh, we'll be canceled in society. We will. And throughout the world, people will be imprisoned who do not buy into all this corruption. So that's the answer, answer to that. <laughs> not positive in a lot of ways. All right. Uh, we'll go ahead and take our first call. One of my friends, AJ, uh, from Colorado. Uh, thanks for calling, AJ. I love you, man. What's your question? Hey, hey Pastor Green, love you as well. Uh, just to Thank comment you. on that Trump thing, the reason they don't like him is because he's exposing their friends, and that makes them scared. Yes, it, uh, it, it literally but, does. And our viewers, yeah. let me just stay there for a minute, AJ. I appreciate the comment. Our viewers, viewers need to understand. I, 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 let me just back up a little further. You, you don't mind holding for just a minute, AJ? Take your time, sir. Uh, there's a lot of things about Trump I do not like. But what's funny is there's a lot of things about me I don't like. 
there's probably a lot of things about you guys I don't like. That doesn't change where we're at in real time in our nation, and we need somebody to rise and a bunch of somebody's to rise and, and, and speak the truth and to speak it in love. We need to fill in the gap where Trump is failing and falling, just like I fill in the gap for some of you that are failing and falling. You fill the gap for me. I'm human. I make mistakes, and you fill the gap for me where I'm failing and falling. Again, everyone needs to take a breath and ask themselves, why is this man so hated by the very people that loved him? There's reasons for it, and it is. He's revealing corruption. He's revealing uh, a, a truth that's being hid, and whether he's a worthy vessel or an unworthy vessel, that's a different argument. I'm not, I'm not voting for a pastor when I have to make a choice in real time in my world where I'm at who is going to stand up against all this corruption, and that's some of the things we're going to have to deal with as we come into the election now, back to your question, AJ. I appreciated the comment. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, okay, so I had some intense fellowship with my wife and my mother-in-law this past weekend. Uh, that, if, that was probably eventful. Yeah, for those of you who don't know Christianese, that means uh, argument. So I was arguing <laughs> with them. <laughs> yeah, I was picking up on that. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, and we, it was about makeup and whether or not women uh, need to wear it to go out to make themselves feel good about themselves. So I think I got to the heart of the matter after thinking about it and questioning whether or not my position of, no, you look beautiful, you don't need it. That's, that's the extreme far end. So, But my wife is beautiful. Um, Amen. That being said... Um, I think the, and I hope you could comment on this, but I think the main thing is they've been programmed by this culture to think that you need to be a certain way in order to be beautiful. Whereas in, from, from the way I look at it, I just love to see her smile. Amen. Yeah. Uh, the, the the thing is, that is a personal conviction. Your assessment, I think, is accurate that we've been programmed on what beauty is. Our wives, all of us have been programmed by the culture on what, what beauty is. And uh, many times that pressure pushes people into things that otherwise they wouldn't even think about or care about. And so I think it's a personal conviction. I think that many times my past, uh, ministers have tried to approach this from a biblical standpoint and forbidding women to wear makeup and associating the lack of makeup with holiness uh, and purity. And I don't think we can go there either. And I'm kind of in the middle on this. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with wearing makeup. Uh, I actually have makeup on now. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Uh, but for television and these bright lights, we have to put on a little makeup or we shine. And so we're trying to have the best appearance we can to reach people. But I don't think it's a sin. Now, if I get up every morning and I'm not on TV and I'm putting on makeup, we might have a problem. 
And if our wives are falling in the makeup, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with putting it on, uh, but don't fall in it. Uh, that could be a problem. So I think it's still an issue of the heart and a personal preference. And that if a woman wants to wear makeup and feel good about herself uh, and her presentation at large in the workplace and on and on I can go, uh, I think it's a personal conviction. Uh, I don't think I can impose that on my wife or, or anything of that nature uh, in the husband and wife relationship. I love her with the makeup. I love her without the makeup. So that's a personal issue with her. So I hope that helps a little bit. I, I definitely, AJ, do not want to jump into a domestic dispute. Uh, <laughs> I create enough, enough issues without willfully jumping in. But I love you so much. Tell your wife I said hi. God bless you. All right. We got one of my best friends uh, on the line. And uh, I, I, I was thinking about him today, figuring he would call. This is our friend Frank from Missouri. And Frank, I want to invite you again to Truth and Liberty. And I also want to encourage you. I'd love to meet you the next time I'm in Missouri or in that area. I've done some meetings in the Missouri area. And uh, well, I'd like to just meet you one day. But thank you for calling. Uh, what's your question or comment today, Frank? Yeah, well, it's the same here. You know, you really touched my heart by sending me this book and uh, and uh, what you put in the in the front of it. Uh, you know, really, it is it is a friendship in the gospel and and, and respect for you know le leadership in the gospel, which you don't find you don't find that. Anyways, I, and I'm I'm looking to want I, I'm telling to myself I'm looking to want to get on a bus and, and come to Colorado, man. I, they've accepted <laughs> me. They, you know I don't know yeah. how that's going to work out, man. But God well, just been providing, man. I'm, I, 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 you, you know, good, good. You need to come to Colorado, Frank. I think you'd be a rock star, man. I think everybody go, oh, it's Frank <laughs> from Missouri. We don't know your last name. We don't know what you look like, but we love you. Yeah, no, uh, I tell I, you, I, you guys, I've got a you guys. I've got a go ahead. Go ahead, Frank. Yeah, no, no you I was guys, just going to uh, say, <laughs> go ahead, please, Frank. I'm, I'm not going to interrupt. I'm being persecuted because of, because of the fire that you guys are really about, and and uh, and me reading these books. And hey, brother, I put a 19 minute video on preaching the eighth chapter of your book, <laughs> and I got about wow. 400 hits. I got Praise about 400 God. hits. Oh that's my a, gosh! A, I, you know you're duplicating that is yourself, Pastor. Awesome. <laughs> yes, but, but it's not. Funny. I can't remember it's what the eighth chapter get... was on. Yeah, no, that's that was my question, and I wasn't supposed to do this with you. I don't want to be familiar with you, man. I want to reverence the fact that you are the pastor yeah. there, and with fear and trembling, man, I'm I'm doing what I'm doing. You well, know, you're so, a you know, I was mentored. I was mentored by uh, David Wilkerson's group, man, and and, and uh, I said that, yeah. uh, that you know when you said that about New York, right before you said that, think about New York. I thought about David Wilkerson, and he, you know yeah. he was so honest, honest to the point of saying, uh, "Hey, uh, you know I can't even live up to David Wilkerson's standards. It's you know it's just yeah. Jesus. I yeah. I need Jesus yeah. just for let me. So it was let question. me interject. Well, before you ask me the question, let me interject something. You just made a point that takes me back to the Trump question. Uh, David Wilkerson, because of being in New York and the hardness of people's hearts, the language, just the, 
just the, the, the culture was so hard that he had to be, I mean, bold and just frank with people. And uh, he had a different kind of ministry because he was dealing with drug, drug addicts and, and just the, the, the hardened of our culture. And Trump came out of all that in Queens, uh, uh, the Queens area. And so anyway, um, I just think it's fascinating how that there's just a culture up there that you almost have to be blunt you can't be subtle down here in the South. I mean, we get away with a lot of subtleties and AJ just called and I knew he was talking about uh, an argument with his, with his wife and mother-in-law, but he was so subtle about it. Boy, in New York, you can't be subtle. Uh, but anyway, uh, go ahead with your question, Frank. Yeah. You know, I want to get it. I want to get in the, uh, on that a little bit that, you know, I appreciate uh, president Trump's stand on, uh, you know, he, he might got his faults, but he, he stands out above everybody else about the drugs and alcohol and smoking. Don't that's his brother, his the testimony of his brother yeah. that, uh, yeah, no, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol are, are so prevalent wherever you go. I, I, there's probably people in Colorado in the grace. Uh, anyways, I don't want to go there. Lord. Uh, let me ask this question and stay out of trouble. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, uh, I'm running out of time. <laughs> yeah. It's from the eighth chapter, your eighth chapter that said, you know, what, Did I lose you, Frank? Hello? Hello? I th okay, uh, Frank can call back and ask his question. Get right to the question, Frank, when you call back. I'll go ahead and take another call, and then I'll take your call if you can call back. Let's take Elizabeth from Missouri. Missouri is, is at the top of the list today. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for calling. What is your question, please? Thank you, uh, Pastor Duane. And... Um, my question is, do you believe that President Trump is more authentic in front of the camera as he is behind the camera in comparison to the other very eloquent and well-spoken and polished politicians that speak so wonderful and don't speak the truth? And then behind the yeah. camera, their comments are very ugly. Yeah, that's a great, it, it's just a sad indictment of our political atmosphere and culture that lying has become an art. Lying is praised in the, in the national media. The better liar you are, the more the national media loves you, especially if the lies propagate their national narrative, which is a narrative of darkness and death and destruction. And so this is Trump's problem. Uh, that that he he's actually um, better behind the camera than on the camera. Uh, he he's just blunt. He's he's he doesn't have a filter. He speaks his mind. And you know we're funny. Uh, I'm not trying to condemn any of us as believers, but we just lament and we pray and we we cry out to God. Just give us somebody that'll tell us the truth. And then Trump comes along, and we don't like the messenger. We don't like the method. We don't like the, 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 the atmosphere and, and spirit that we think he's speaking the truth from. But yet we don't have anybody else that's that blunt that I know of and honest. And that's what gets him in trouble is he is just flat, blunt, and honest. 
I had the privilege with thousands of pastors early in in the um, COVID-19 crisis when Trump was still president. He actually did a phone call with pastors all over the country, and he talked to us about how we need to help, that the government can't solve this, that the government is not the source for fixing this problem, that he was going to do all he could in regards to the pandemic, and I disagree with a lot of things he did. But on the phone, I'm telling you, he was cordial, he was polite to us, he invited a few of the pastors to speak into the problem. Biden hadn't called us. Biden hadn't set up a conversation with us in regards to immigration, illegal immigration, uh, in regards to the, to the deficit, uh, on and on I can go, but Trump did. And so I'm telling you, I know some who know him and that he is uh, very cordial off camera and even more polite to people, I think, than on camera. Uh, so it's, it's a paradox. It's a, it's a challenge. But we sure need somebody to challenge the darkness that's in Washington, D.C. How do you stand up? What kind of person does it take? Can you, those of you that are critical of Trump, that hate Trump, could you go to Washington? Could you stand up to the fake news and the narratives? Could you stand there and let them lie? And, and, and put you in a light that is false and not fire back? Are you just going to take that? You know, as a Christian, we get confused with our personal behavior and how we're to relate to people versus a political figure that is up there representing us and, and, and something that is against all this death and destruction. It takes a certain kind of person to do that. And I pray God raise up some, some more truth tellers uh, that perhaps can speak it in love. Uh, I'm all for them. I voted uh, in the primary for different people. But at the end of the day, it was Trump or Biden, and that was a no-brainer for me. All right, let's go back to uh, Elizabeth. Before I let you go, I've got three minutes and 40 seconds here. Did I pretty much answer the question, or did you want to do a follow-up? You, you did, but I just wanted to say one more quick thing, and that is what you kind of touched okay. on. How do you stand up to a bully if you're going to be real yeah. polite and real sweet? And they're, even <laughs> in the other countries, look how he backed down other yes. countries and um, yes. being real polite yes. and sweet and all that. Yes. Yeah. Now, I love you, Elizabeth. I love the call. I love the follow-up. Uh, the, the same press that laments bullying bullies at certain levels, they are a bully. Many of those in power are nothing but bullies, and you have to stand up to them, and you have to stand fast. And if somebody can tell me who can do that and will do that, I believed at the time Ted Cruz would do it, and uh, I was a Ted Cruz guy. Uh, I believe the Republican Party has a lot of people that are running in this cycle that will stand up. And so we, we've got some decisions to make in the near future. Um, Frank, I've only got uh, two minutes before I go to a break. Uh, I'd like to at least introduce your question before I go to the break, and then I'll probably come back. So thanks for calling back. I don't know what happened. Yeah, so, so chapter nine of your book, what do you mean by, I, I know what you mean, because I done preached. <laughs> I preached, I preached this whole <laughs> chapter. Can you believe that? 
They, uh, what do you mean by avoiding spoil? Hey, and let me let me ask you this. This is a little bold of me to do this, but you know, will you pray for me to to be able to go to? You know, it, it, it's a double dog miracle for me just to want to sit there for four hours a day and listen. But will you pray for me a scholarship to to go to Caris Bible College? Yeah, yeah. So let, let me that. do that, and then I'll answer the question when I come back from the break. Lord, I thank you that there are thousands of Franks out there, and that they want to come to Karis, and that you're calling them to Karis, and they simply need provisions. And I thank you that where you guide, you provide, that you will provide for, for Frank. I'm confident in that, that you wish and will, above all things, that he prosper and be in health, even as his soul prospers. A part of Karis Bible School is the prosperity of the soul, the renewing of the mind. And Frank would be a blessing. And Frank would be blessed. And others like Frank. So I pray for scholarships for those. And, and where that is your plan and a vehicle, I pray your will be done, your kingdom come. In other ways, I just thank you for providing for students to come to Karis Bible College and have the experience of a lifetime. Thank you, Lord, for blessing Frank and making him a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I appreciate you calling. I'll answer your question on being spoiled uh, when we come back from the break. The number is 719, area code 719-619-2341. I'd love to hear from you. Appreciate your comments. If you've got something positive, to add to the, to the program, I'd love for you to call and engage with us. We want to be a blessing to people. So I'm going to take a 90-second break, and I'll be right back. Are you in ministry and want to connect with other like-minded ministers? Andrew Womack founded the Association of Related Ministries International, or ARMY, to serve, equip, and empower you for success in your ministry through relationships, community, and resources. But just being a part of this uh, being filled with the Word of God and with Army and fellowshipping, knowing that I have other ministers with me, it is awesome. We have met such precious people through Army. Uh, there's people I know I can call when I'm in a jam. Ministers have a safe place to come. We can unify and unite for the kingdom. As an Army member, some of the benefits you'll enjoy are Bible teaching correspondence courses, regional advocates for personal support and ministry, regional events for networking, one-on-one -on -one ministry and encouragement, our monthly newsletter, and more. You don't have to do ministry alone. Join this growing network of dynamic and elite ministers from across the U.S. and around the world today. Hey, you know, a big part of what we do here at Truth and Liberty is to provide you with the resources that you need in order to stand for truth in the public square. So I want to remind everybody to go to our website and check out our resources page at truthandliberty.net slash resources, where you can find material that discusses just about every issue we're facing today in our culture. And these are things that are prepared by our strategic partners and some of the uh, most influential and important organizations in America today. Hey everyone, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. I'm your host today, Dwayne Sheriff, and we're kind of sharing on different things and getting your calls and input and questions. And I just want to invite you to call at 719-619-2341, area code 
then 619-2341. And I'd love to take your calls and comments. I'm sharing again uh, on different things that are relevant in our culture. And one of our callers asked about a chapter in my book in regards to being spoiled. That chapter comes out of Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. And it simply says, beware. Colossians 2, 8 says, beware, be cautious, be alert, be awake. Beware lest any man cheat you through philosophy, number one, empty, or the King James Bible says vain deceit, according to the traditions of men, number three, and according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. There are the basic elementary teachings of Christ. We call them Judeo-Christian principles. And then there's the ways of the world that is a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And so Paul says these four things spoil us. And that's what we see today, brothers and sisters. And I'm not condemning anyone watching or anyone not watching that has been spoiled. But you and I will be spoiled as others have been spoiled if we do not stay away from these four warnings that Paul gave. One is philosophy. Think of all the philosophies. Everything in our culture today is a philosophy of man that violates directly the philosophy of God. God has a philosophy. It's called his word. Philosophy is a way of thinking. God has a way of thinking. And you and I need to adopt God's way of thinking in order not to not be spoiled. Then he says, vain deceit. This is why I stand up and against all the deceit, all the lies in the culture. I'm not attacking anyone. I'm not being mean. But I know that if you believe lies, and if you embrace these lies of the media and our primary politicians of today and this culture, then you will be spoiled. Spoiled means go from good to bad. How many people do you know that were committed to Christ? They were living and walking in the path of righteousness, and today they've been spoiled. They went from good to bad. They bit into all these philosophies philosophies like there's more than two genders. That is not the Word of God. There is no revelation in God's Word of more than two genders. The revelation of God in creation is male and female. Moses said God created us male and female in Genesis 1. And Jesus, the Son of God, the ultimate authority of the cosmos, said in Mark chapter 10 that God created us male and female. Thousands of years later, Jesus said, God is the author of your gender. Uh, and so, and then he goes on to say that he created us male and female for marriage in both. Moses said it in Genesis 1 and 2, and Jesus said it in Mark 10. So you buy into all these philosophies, it spoils you. It spoils your children. It spoils generations, a culture. And so we have to get back to Judeo-Christian principles, which those are just a few of those, of those principles. Again, vain deceit, outright lies, the traditions of men. How many things are we doing and it's just tradition, not a biblical tradition, but a tradition of the world. And then number four are the elementary, rudimentary powers that be of this world. Satan is the God of this world and uh, those serving him are bound to darkness 
And if they continue to celebrate and embrace darkness that God called you and me and them out of, then they'll be cast, Jesus said, into outer outer darkness. So we are fighting not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, wickedness in high places. Ephesians chapter 6, and I have a chapter in my book on counterculture that deals with the armor of God. And it is a fight, brothers and sisters. While I'm not fighting with people and personalities, I am fighting with mean demons, devils that are malicious and, and desire to devour our lives, our homes, our finances, our health. And you can't be polite to the devil. This is what is hard to communicate in our culture is there is a kindness that comes with the nature of a Christian and the love of God shed abroad in our heart, but not with the devil, not with evil. Amen. You've got to be bold and you've got to resist Satan. You have to resist all these demonic doctrines that I opened up with in 1 Timothy 4. And you can't be polite about it. Again, I'm not mean to anybody, but I don't give the devil an inch and I not only stand, I push back against evil that I know will hurt you and harm you and your family. I hate evil like God hates evil because I love people like God loves people. All right. Those are the four things that spoil you that Frank was talking about. All right. Let's go to Robert from Florida. And I appreciate so much you calling uh, from Florida. I'll be in Florida uh, this year in Naples, Florida. I forget the exact date. I believe it's in February that I'll be in Florida. I hope to see some of you. Thanks for calling, Robert. What's your question? Uh, hi, Dwayne. So my question is, if the Apostle Paul was elected into office, how, how would he handle his political office? Would he prevail like he did in the Galatians when he took the gloves off and he convinced them Otherwise, that they had to uh, follow his direction. How would yeah, if he, it was an apostle yeah. Paul? Yeah, who, who is he, and what would he look like? Yeah, what a great a great thought, and what a great point. There is a lot of confusion again in Christianity, and that we're supposed to be polite, tolerant, submissive, not in just attitude, but in action to evil. And Paul took the gloves off quite a few times and was pretty blunt and straightforward with the Galatians, with, with the uh, Christians in Corinthia, uh, in Corinthians. Uh, and it's a great question. And, and first of all, let's just be honest for a moment, uh, um, Robert, in the sense of uh, Jesus Christ himself could not be elected into political office today. We forget that Jesus was killed, and, and part of the movement was religious, the religious side, the Pharisees and Sadducees, uh, but also the Roman government uh, executed him. And, and so he was rejected by the religious community, and he was rejected by the political community because the politics of the world is all about power. And, 
and the accumulation, acquisition of, and possession of power. And because man is evil, this is another Judeo-Christian principle, is people without God are not good. None of us are good without God. And so evil is in the heart of man and in his imagination and his thoughts can go toward evil all day long and then the committing of evil. And so in that acquisition for power, uh, people get deceived. And those acquiring power many times have to deceive to get the power. Uh, and so Jesus would not have done that. Paul would not have done that. Paul may have run for office and someone like Paul, and there are people like Paul in Washington, D.C., and while I'm, I'm probably not as prepared as I need to be to give you the character traits uh, that would be Pauline-like in a politician, uh, I know of two personal friends that are in politics. There is a state representative that literally is a part of my ministry here in Oklahoma, that he's a man of truth. He's a man of character. And, and he's bold, but he's not mean to people. He's not rude. This is something about Trump that I don't like and I don't like about myself and others sometimes is there's never a place for us to be personal and rude to people. And, and, and yet there is a place to be bold against evil. So this particular politician, he's firm. He stands up. He speaks the truth. He got elected being honest which was amazing. Uh, and then I also have a friend that's a part of our ministry that is in the House of Representatives. Uh, and he too has been a, a Paul-like character where he just speaks the truth. Uh, he doesn't tell everything uh, when he's asked certain questions. He, he's wise. Uh, subtlety, believe it or not, is one of the seven pillars in the house of wisdom. So there is a way to be subtle about things, but he's very bold. Uh, he actually sits on a committee that's over the border and he is fighting tooth and toenail to secure our border, which that shouldn't even be controversial. And yet it is because of evil people in power, but he's very bold, but he's very kind to people individually, but issues and philosophy like the Apostle Paul, he's just blunt that this is evil and we must stand against it. So I believe we're seeing a turn, Robert, and this is new to a lot of us. It took us a long time to be this corrupt. There's always been corruption in government, but America at large has had decent and good men and women in political political positions of power and they went there to serve that is the the american system is they represent us they're not empowering themselves to abuse us that's marxism and communism socialism and 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 we had people that really went up there to serve so that's what it looks like it would look like a servant while paul was bold he was a servant uh, a very humble man, but bold. Uh, and politicians can be humble and yet, and yet bold, and they're there to serve, not to be served. They go with an agenda for their constituents. They represent us. Here's what it would look like. They are there not for personal gain or personal power, like we see today. 
they're there to represent us because we have to provide for our families and we have to take care of business on a personal level in our communities, in our churches. One of the advantages, a liberal, a full-blown liberal who rejects God and the Judeo-Christians uh, principles uh, of of character and and values, they've got all this time and they literally worship government and they get involved. We have to provide for our families and we go to church and we read our Bibles. So we're almost at a disadvantage to people who worship government and a government is a God to them. That's what communism is all about. And, and so we need representatives. I voted for those men to go up there and represent me because I can't keep up with all the news. I can't keep up with all the legislation. I can't keep up with all the evil behind the scenes and corruption that's going to harm our communities, but my representative can. So it looks like a servant. It's bold. It's still humble with a servant's heart. Humble people serve. It considers others. A good politician that would be like Paul really cares about other people and puts them first before themselves. And these are foreign in our culture anymore, but we're coming back to it. And we're learning at a local level to vote for people, I hope, that have character and that understand that our rights come from God. And here's what it looks like. A politician that would look like Paul would restrict the power of the government, restrict the FBI from persecuting and prosecuting constituents and, and citizens and political opponents. That's what it would look like. They would protect us from the FBI, from the CIA. They would protect our rights. They would hold true to the Constitution and the, and the rights that we have from God, limited government. So that's some things off the top of my head. I'm going to give you a follow-up uh, chance to comment or to ask me to clarify. Well, if you were sheriff, Dwayne, I would vote for you. <laughs> I am the sheriff. I'm the new sheriff in town. Hallelujah. But thank you, Paul. I would, I would, I'd be honored to have your vote. And uh, we're seeing this turnaround. We may not see it in my lifetime, but I believe that there's been a shaking and that we know ultimately God said he's going to shake everything that can be shaken. And the only thing that will not be shaken is the kingdom of God. So what would a politician that is a godly politician look like? They would, they would be thinking about God's kingdom and God's will being done in America as it is in heaven. And so I appreciate you so much, Paul, and your call. Thank you for calling. All right. Um, this is an interesting question that came in before we run out of time. If Biden lets the immigrants into our country, why should they consider themselves as illegal? Well, many of them do not consider themselves as illegal. And the politicians that are looking to empower themselves and looking for new votes are, are creating this open border crisis for votes. You know, this would be too blunt for some of you, but I speak it truly in love. You want to see the border shut down? Again, we're talking about illegal immigrants and just ignoring 
them breaking the law and entering the country illegally doesn't make it any less of a felony. It is a felony. The, the uh, press secretary to this corrupt regime that's in office right now talked about how that the border is broken and it's been broken for decades and what we're seeing now has always been a problem. These are all lies. The immigration policies are not broken. We're not enforcing them. We have laws on the book. That's why making new laws isn't going to change anything. We're not enforcing the existing laws. It is a felony to enter this country illegally. We have a process for immigration, and we are encouragers of immigration, just legal immigration, not illegal immigration. And we could solve this problem in a heartbeat. If we would just let every illegal that comes across the border register as a Republican, you talk about a wall being built really fast. You're talking about the entire Democratic Party would be on that border. The national media would be on that border. And I guarantee you there'd be a wall. There would be the law enforced with fervor. No, they are encouraging illegal immigration to replace the votes that the blue states are losing as people immigrate legally to the red states. The Democratic Party is losing votes, and they have to replace those votes. And illegal immigration, whether you like it or not, whether you're going to get angry with me or others or not, if you just look at things in simplicity, what's the motive why are we destroying our country like this? It is for power. It is for corrupt people to, to gain new votes. And in their mind, they have democratic destiny or demographic destiny on their mind. And if you even bring it up, uh, they'll, they'll persecute you. One day they'll prosecute you. I bet I'll be canceled on other networks if I say part of this move is Democrat, what the Democratic Party calls Democratic destiny to, to make the white vote, the rural vote, a minority. And if you even bring it up, you'll be falsely accused, uh, just like they are the home now of true racism, uh, where they see nothing but color, uh, and if you bring it up, they'll attack you. Uh, they'll call you the racist when they, in fact, are judging after their own hearts. That's what Romans chapter, chapter 2 talks about, how that we judge and project onto others the condition of our own heart. The people crying racist the loudest are the racist in our society and again, all you got to do is register everybody coming across the border illegal as a Republican, and you would see the narrative change immediately, brothers and sisters. That's how simple this is. That's how corrupt it really is. This isn't about compassion and love. We don't have a nation if we don't have a border. And I'm going to be bringing some people on uh, and interviewing some people in power that know something about the border and the importance of the border in some upcoming programs. But... We've got to get back to, to law and order. 
we either need to change the laws, which I am not for changing the, the immigration laws. I'm for enforcing the ones we have and then see how that works. And then if we can improve on them, that would be a part of a great awakening of an improvement. But an open border is a invite to disaster. We have, we have people coming across the border. This is what, this is what Trump is hated for. He just made a comment. I heard it, and you, you know, I'm running out of time now. You, you won't have time to call me now, on on this one. But he didn't say everybody illegally coming across the border is a gang member or a, a evil person. He just said some are, and don't you be mistaken, some are. There are terrorist brothers and sisters coming across our border, and they are meaning ill will toward innocent people. And this corrupt government and the entire Democratic Party and probably half of the Republican Party, if a terrorist attack happens on their watch, they won't do anything to prevent that. That's a crisis that cannot be overlooked, and they will actually leverage that crisis. There are some in government, whether you believe it or not, that want us to have a terrorist attack so they can take away more of our civil liberties. Everything is about truth and liberty. That's why we have this coalition of truth and liberty. They, they, they are trying to take away our individual liberties. People under these seducing spirits and doctrines of devils are drunk on power. They want to control your thoughts. They want to control your speech. And they want to control your movement. All of which are God-given rights that no government grants or no government can remove. You can't tell me how to think. God gave me the freedom of thought. Now, I'm wise if I choose to think God's thoughts, but God gives me the freedom of thought. He, he doesn't make me think. If God was to control our thoughts, he would make us think nothing but God thoughts. But man without God thinks he is a God, so he wants to control your thoughts. You can't even think certain ways and not be persecuted, prosecuted, and one day executed if we don't see a great awakening. I believe we're going to see a great awakening and God gave us the freedom of thought, and no government can, can restrict my freedom of thought. I have a right to think on my own, and I have a right to think God's thoughts. And the Second Amendment is not something natural that the church can just ignore and let and let them destroy, or excuse me, the First and Second Amendment. The Second Amendment has to do with the right to bear arms, but the First Amendment has, the, has and gives us the God-given right, unalienable right of freedom of speech. And you cannot police speech. That is a dictator. That is a corrupt government. That's a, corru a, a government corrupt and void of God. God gave us the freedom of speech. Now, people abuse it, and I think they need to be called out on it. People, people lie and damage the freedom of speech, but people are deceived if they think 
removing our freedom of speech will prevent lying. It's the opposite. If we don't have the freedom of speech, the devil, who is a liar, who has ministers that are ministers of, of lies, will silence truth and everything will become a lie. If you restrict my right to speak the truth and counter the lies, then all you have is lies. And a mark of communism and corrupt governments and atheist governments, that's what communism is. Why can't a Christian call out communism and say, we don't want nothing to do with communism? Communism is a corruption that is filled with atheism. They reject God and they become God, Lord of the state and of the citizen. And they remove freedom of speech. You can't speak the truth because they can't remain in power without lies. So God is the one that gives us the freedom of speech. Brothers and sisters, God is the one that said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. God said, be mobile, be active, go forward. Any government that res restricts my mobility in the name of COVID-19 or the Great Reset or global warming or climate change, that's coming next, and carbon footprints and carbon passes will be passed out and corrupt governments will restrict your movement. They will say your carbon put footprint is too big. You have too much emission of carbon dioxide. You flew already one time this year. You can't fly anymore. You can't go and preach the gospel uh, in all of the world because of your carbon footprint. That's, that's a, a restriction on my speech and mobility. God is the one that gives us the freedom of mobility. So there's the freedom of thought that's removed in corrupt governments. You can't think your own thoughts. You have to think what they think. You have to adopt their narrative. And that's the corruption of the natural media, natural, the, 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 the natural media that we have today uh, is they pick up a narrative that promotes a political philosophy that is basically anti-God, anti-Bible, anti-Judeo-Christian principles. They're trying to move us from a civilized society of the Western world to an Eastern way of thinking and dictators and despots in control of our destiny. We need a great awakening. Man, I sound like I'm preaching. It's just coming out. Hallelujah. Man, I believe in truth and liberty. Freedom of thought comes from God. Freedom of speech comes from God. It restricts the government. The First Amendment restricts the government from canceling me, from canceling Andrew, from canceling our pastors, from telling their people the truth, and for promoting liberty. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for liberty that Christ has made us free. Jesus is all about freedom. You even have the freedom to go to hell. If you want to go to hell, you don't have to go to hell. God doesn't want you to go to hell. And Jesus has made a, made a way through the cross and his blood that nobody has to go to hell. God so loved the world, not the saints. There were no saints, not the good little troopers. There were none. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should be saved, should not perish but have everlasting life. God has made a way for you to be saved. But if you choose 
to have your own thoughts, your prideful thoughts and rejection of God's way. He'll allow you freedom of thought. If you will not confess Jesus as Lord on this side of the veil of death, God will give you the freedom of speech to deny Jesus. But in that freedom of speech, governments will deny you the right to confess Jesus as Lord. We will see the, we will see the day if the Lord tarries that we will not be able to speak the name of Jesus in public. It's all in the Bible. This is where we're headed. I'm trying to cut us off at the path. I like one of the calls. The guy said he would vote for me if I am sheriff. I am the sheriff of the spirit world, hallelujah. And I am arresting these demonic thoughts, these evil plans that hurt and harm not only God's precious people, but the people that do not yet know him. They get hurt and they get damaged. You know, when we're standing for truth, we're not standing for truth just for Christians. We're standing for the truth for non-Christians so that they can hear the truth and come to the knowledge of the truth. You can't even get saved if you don't know the truth. You can't be saved if you don't hear the gospel. If the government forbids us to speak the gospel, speak the truth in love, how are people going to get saved? There are people, even Christians, that say, I shouldn't be saying the things I'm saying. And yet they would allow our government to silence every preacher in this country from speaking the name of Jesus and preaching the gospel. Well, thank God for truth and liberty. You need to pray about being a partner to truth and liberty. It's a good work. We're getting the truth and liberty out to not only God's people, but I believe eventually to the whole world. What a great day. I appreciate your calls. I appreciate your comments. I appreciate Andrew Walmack allowing me to be a host here on Truth and Liberty. I'll be back next week. God bless you. Thanks for watching. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.